Hi, John. How are you today? Hi, Elliot. How are you doing? A lot going on uh, both uh, in Washington and beyond with some of the things we talked about previously. So it's been um, pretty amazing, all the things that are going on. I'll just highlight something for folks later on in the month. There's going to be a hearing on human trafficking and the financial sector. So that'll be something we'll certainly report on. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's something that we've uh, done a lot uh, in terms of uh, uh, a webinar and other uh, other information. I think it's uh, it's it's great to see that that's really getting um, some traction finally, as opposed to just being in the backwater of investigation. So, so this week, um, the uh, a global financial integrity uh, issued a policy paper uh, related to fin their recommendations about. Uh, improving FinCEN's role in national security. I wonder if you saw that uh, release. Yeah, and I did. And um, obviously we were, we had the ability to sit down with their CEO, Tom Cardiman, a few weeks ago and talk about um, the issues that global financial integrity pays attention to on transparency and corruption. And I, I sort of um, appreciate the way they couch this report. They got a number of AML experts together under what everybody knows is the Chatham House rules, which means open discussion, but nothing is attributed to an individual. And they came out with a series of recommendations. Not all the recommendations were certainly supported by all members of that roundtable, if you will. But I think it's always useful when organizations put something out uh, for public discourse, especially with a new administration. So I definitely saw that, you know, FinCEN has been an organization that I've been working with since it began in in the late 80s, actually 1990, I think was the first year it was in place. And so it's always been central to the AML world, but there's always been some question, couldn't they do more? So I think um, global financial integrity certainly uh, came up with some ideas that are certainly worth talking about. Agreed. And again, the, the, the lens that they are putting on this is the whole question of national security. When FinCEN was first formed, uh, I think national security was not high on people's list of what it was going to get involved in, but certainly the world has changed substantially since 1990. And so that's the lens. So um, I understand uh, my reading is they came up with five recommendations. You want to just quickly talk about those and what you think about them? Sure. Um, so a couple of them are on uh, data collection to create a national anti-money learning data center Obviously, there's a lot of data that FinCEN does currently collect, but to create this center for advanced data collection, synthesis, that sort of thing, what they're terming a Manhattan project to identify, develop, and operationalize state-of-the-art technologies, I think that's always useful when you're talking about data use is making it best in class, if you will. Uh, the one that I think makes a lot of sense is la launch within FinCEN a uh, national anti-money learning training center. And that training center would, would put together knowledge and other educational tools for not just staff, but financial institution regulators, law enforcement, local, uh, state, uh, federal prosecutors, and then just putting a team together on strategic analysis to look at long-term threats. All that made sense. The one that I think is sort of pie in the sky is they want to give the FinCEN director a seat on one of the committees of the National Security Council um, I don't have a strong view on that. Don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think it's wrong to put something like that out there for debate and comment. 
Yeah, and I think that one in particular is really about raising the stature of FinCEN uh, in the national security community, which, you know, uh, seat at the table, as we always talk about, can be really important, not only functionally, but optically. So, again, I agree with you. uh, It's hard to see the path for that happening in the near term, but I think it's uh, it actually is a great idea. So what else caught your eye in the report? Yeah. So later on in the report, they talked about the tactics that would get to achieve these changes and things like studies, changing the FinCEN's personnel system to be uh, accepted from federal civil service uh, for certain levels. That makes a lot of sense. You, you're able uh, then to um, attract uh, p- potentially uh, uh, you know, future employees that maybe wouldn't have considered government service that maybe because of the pay would. Uh, that, you know, that sounds, uh, you know, probably too simplistic, but I think that's certainly worth looking at. The one that, well, the two issues quickly that I want to mention is they want to amend Section 314B, which um, it is such an important part from the Patriot Act, the ability to share information between financial institutions and by eliminating the requirement that they provide notice to Treasury before that sharing. I really like that. I think sometimes you get too caught up in the process but another part of it is they said they would want to make information sharing mandatory. Um, my humble opinion, that's not going to work. It may sound great from the sidelines, but financial institutions are have had too much experience with, quote, mandatory requirements that focus more on process than the end game. So, again, putting that out there for conversation as a tactic makes sense. I like um, saying no notice to treasure before sharing. Not so crazy about the idea about mandatory 314B processes because I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it will get to where they want it to get. But again, overall, uh, putting all this out there for debate and conversation with a new administration makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I agree. I, I, the mandatory information sharing <clears throat> caught my eye as well. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I, I mean this um, a little tongue in cheek, but not entirely. Um, if we're going to do mandatory information sharing, I'd like it to go in phases. And the first phase would be that government would have an, a mandate um, to share with the industry and the community, um, because that's been an inconsistent kind of thing over the years. And secondly, I'm also concerned about it because in some ways it feels like we're going to end up with a um, uh, FI to FI SAR reporting regime, which um, uh doesn't, again, based on our history of how smoothly SAR data has moved around and, you know, it's unshareable um, in its current format, um, it just feels like uh, we're going to get a lot of process uh, for not a lot of bang. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. But good job by uh, Global Financial Integrity. Uh, they're active members in this debate, and it's always useful, even if uh, there's not agreement on every aspect of this to have more and more conversation on improving the AML infrastructure. Yes, I liked how they did it. And, um, and again, if, you, if it helps the conversation move forward, then it's a positive. I agree. Uh, Elliot, thanks again. Stay safe. We'll talk next week. You too. Have a good weekend. See ya. Bye-bye.